the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's the Minnesota Football Show here. My name is Eric. I'm with the amazing and super talented Bridget. Uh, coming back with some uh, football news and information for you awesome listeners. Bridget, how are you doing? I'm all right. Um, in a few hours here, I will be on the road to Duluth. So uh, for a few days. So looking forward to that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just kind of plugging away at off season, I guess. For what is the uh, forecast for Duluth for the next few days? Uh, about the same as here. Okay. Some That's some there's some rain. I think tomorrow. Um. But we'll be at um, Jay Cook State Park. Mm-hmm. So the nicer day, I think we'll stay at the park and hang out. And then the crappy day, we'll just go into Duluth and um, get some hard cider and do a little shopping and walk around. So um, we were hoping to do a little bit of hiking. But um, I checked the updates yesterday and most of the trails are so dead a ton of rain in the last couple of weeks. Um, so most of the trails are kind of washed out and the river's running a bit high. So we will see on that front. But um, otherwise, just a few days to kind of unplug for the most part. So Sounds yeah. very nice. I'm, yeah. I'm excited for you. Um, not much to report over here on my end, just kind of in a new routine um it's it's going pretty well uh what i do want to start off with is just to uh say congratulations to spa boys and girls for winning the state a uh soccer championships over the past uh when was it started on it was friday both were on friday a couple days ago uh big ups congrats to them uh, i got to see not these matches <laughs> I, I was invited <laughs> to go to the championships at the uh U.S. Bank Stadium and did not make it out. But prior to this, I saw a homecoming match with with the girls playing and they looked amazing. It was, I think I mentioned it, if listeners go back an episode or two, um, we arrived a little bit late and it was already like 2-0 pretty much in the bag. (laughs) The final score was 3-1. And and that was kind of the tale of the season. They, they were very, they were very consistent about just coming out strong in the first half so the second half was just kind of like bunker and chill and if they score a goal it doesn't matter nice that won it all <laughs> um it, it was a more of a surprise i think on the boys young men's side uh they came in as the lower seed in the entire tournament i think they were i can't remember how that whole bracket works like sixth maybe um and they they took it all the way and one cool so good on them yeah that's awesome yeah uh we can transition to a little bit of local news here 
I'm a little, not a little, I am very much more disconnected than you, Bridget. So <laughs> I will let you take uh, some of the Minnesota United news uh, as we're on the off season here. And obviously there's a lot of wheels spinning uh, regarding the coaching situation and other news. So uh, I will pass it to you. Yeah. Um, also a little disconnected, but um, thanks to Andy Greeter, who is always, always on it. Um, there was, if any of you listened to the Sound of the Loon podcast, which is put out by the club, um, Kendra D. St. Aubin typically hosts that. Um, she spoke to Sherry Ballard uh, a week or two ago. Um, and obviously talking a little bit about the coaching and GM search. Um, so I'm just, I was just reading Eric a, a paragraph from this that was kind of funny. Um, things that we've seen a little bit from this club before and that maybe they're trying to get back to, uh, according to Greeter's article um, this past week, she said, um, she wants a clear separation of powers between the role of CSO and the head coach with a, quote, healthy tension between short-term goals of the head coach and the long-term vision of the CSO, rather than having those duties consolidated in one job as it was under manager Adrian Heath over the, the past four years. Um, I think we talked about that when it happened, when he was promoted to also GM along with his contract extension. Um <laughs> And we, I mean, we've, we've seen that model where it was two completely separate roles before. Um, it, not sure we can really say that that was a positive at the time. I think there was probably a reason that they went away from that, but um, clearly they are looking for two individual people here. Um, but the CSO uh, will in turn hire the head coach over time. So it looks like they're aiming to have the CSO first. Um, head coach might take a little bit longer. Uh, training reminder, training camp start early January. So it's pretty quick, uh, really quick off season this year. Right. Um, so they need, she knows that you need all of those to be um, kind of in sync. Uh, so CSO, head coach, and then probably a technical director. That's what they're looking for right now in that order. Um, and it sounds like she has a pretty decent list of candidates. She doesn't name anybody, obviously. Um, there hasn't been uh, too many like rumors floating around. Obviously, we've, we've kind of seen who um, who Portland has picked. We've seen who uh, no, the Revs haven't picked anyone. They had their list out, though. Uh, they haven't announced anything, but um, so we know there's there's plenty of candidates float, floating around. Um, so hopefully in the next, you know, you would assume that maybe by the end of November, they'd have at least one of those rules in place in order to kind of move forward and have something by, you know, January. But sounds like a good target. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, I guess my initial reaction to that is five, five years ago, they probably should have figured out that whole separation of power. But having said that, I, I always give space for for learning from mistakes. So I'm glad that 
although it took longer than it should have that you're recognizing that and being like you know this this could be better and i mean should note that that change happened pre sherry ballard it was still chris Wright at the time who i believe made that decision um to kind of merge the two roles when when manny was dumped up so um yeah it was i know we talked about it then it's being kind of a weird interesting setup (laughs) um and i think she comes in now you know having she's got history with best buy and kind of similar situations where you just kind of clean house and restructure a little bit um what is this no (laughs) that's yeah i mean i feel like some of that probably happened like as she when she first came in i know she was kind of learning the ins and outs and how how things had been structured for a while nobody heard too much from her during that time um and now i think we're getting kind of a better hindsight picture of maybe she was kind of just trying to connect all the dots during that time leading up to now so um but yeah i think i think we'll hear a bit more from her over the next few weeks as well and um the club to to their credit is trying to keep that information out there you know talking to her on on their own podcast and and putting that information out so we shall see yeah thank you for that bridget um I was going to mention on the Minneapolis city side, they are doing the preparations and uh, uh, getting their vote set for the upcoming season kits and scarves and all that cool stuff that they normally do. So uh, if you are a member or want to become a member, get in touch with them and you can jump in and have that uh, unique and, and really cool interaction directly with the club. And in terms of having your voice heard on the design, it's always a really fun aspect that uh i know we've all participated in at some point or another oh yeah and uh i was just checking the the rate this year at at the moment the full season is 74 dollars. but if if you don't get to games you can do like the partial the away fan package or whatever for cheaper but um plenty of options for those tickets if you're not able to go to games but um yeah, it's a it's a great way to support the club and also get to vote on your sick member scarf. I've seen the I haven't re-upped yet. Uh, I need to do that this week, but I've seen the previews of the scarves and they they're all pretty cool. So oh, nice. Uh, I think we, we talked about this before we started recording, but we don't I, think, I don't think we have a lot of Aurora news, maybe except to say that uh, they did drop some merch. I don't think we mentioned this in the oh. last one. And yeah, the just this week are really cool. <laughs> lots of teal there and like retro i like uh who was it it might have been jamie from maqua who Mm -hmm. said it the windbreaker looked like an old like the 90s pacers like Mm -hmm. basketball jacket um yeah really cool stuff it was one of them that reminded me i don't know if it's the same one we're talking about but it i got like 80s atari vibes yeah atari logo yeah. and like the way atari would do their commercials and stuff yeah both of both of those hoodies kind of look like that yeah mm-hmm. um ken's langdock scored again for um okay. spartak the full name that's not coming to me right now yeah i don't remember <laughs> with, with the proper pronunciation um 
yeah so they're they're still pushing through overseas perfect yeah. that's that's great good to know should we go to some uh mls playoffs yeah all right well these all started last week um not sure which one to kind of go with here i'm gonna i'm gonna pull up exactly kind of where we're at at present pull up the whole bracket um, yeah pull up the whole bracket well the i'll just i'll just run them through here i guess so where we stand right now uh philadelphia and new england played philly won that one three to one lafc vancouver that was a big high scoring game seven goals uh five two lafc Houston and RSL had a battle, uh, two to one. Houston. Uh, I'm gonna pause on the Cincy one because that one's wrapped at this point. Um, the big surprise, I think, for me and 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 maybe you as well, and probably for a lot of the listeners, we we expected uh, St. Louis, our our darlings of this season, and <laughs> and kind of carrying the flag of the expansion team, uh, winning the conference and coming with tons of momentum. They got smoked, Bridget. Uh, yeah. SKC that. Uh, course every minnesota united supporter knows uh how <laughs> peter vermees is thorn in this team's side all the time so we expect to usually lose or or you know get out played or something happen with them we did not or at least me personally i did not expect this match to be as lopsided it is a four to one skc win over your dream dominating uh conference winning st louis fc bridget yeah uh from eighth ranked over first ranked um i mean i guess johnny russell didn't just hand klaus a ball like like he did earlier in the season um (laughs) so maybe maybe kansas city is not serving them up on platters for them but um maybe that was the uh that was the pre-game talk guys that's no no passes Do to the not other team give klaus the ball yeah <laughs> um, f1 yeah, probably not even not even goes score goals it's just do not give klaus the ball um uh, yeah uh to, to their credit tim Millie has been getting a lot of press the last couple yeah. of days um he i know st louis had a few more shots than the score would <laughs> would reflect um and he was he was key in and keeping that such a big gap but um yeah it'll be interesting to see we know st louis also bounces back pretty well so that's true game two coming up uh today and we'll see if uh see if they can balance the scales and push it to game three yep yep indeed uh orlando beat nashville one nil um, I'm going to skip Seattle, Dallas, because there again, things are already happening. And then Columbus right now, uh, 2-0 over Atlanta. So going back to those other two, uh, Cincinnati and the Red Bulls played, and Cincinnati handed just handedly beat them 3-0. Not a big surprise there. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday, they played round two, much closer game. Uh, this was in New Jersey, not quite New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, it, it was a 1-1 tie uh, since he scored that tying goal with dying minutes. Um, went all the way to PKs, and Cincinnati won that thing on PKs. So they are through. Um, Red Bulls eliminated. One thing to mention, I think some people probably know this. I'm not sure all the listeners do. I have to 
remind myself, and we talked about it as well. These are best of three games or, or, or rounds here. It's, it's a little bit different than what you'd find in, well, I guess the rest of the world. I was going to say Europe, but I'm like, <laughs> and, and the rest of, <laughs> and the, every other season of MLS. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah. It does change every year, doesn't it? Yep. <laughs> so, and I bring that up because it's a segue to the next one. So that, that one is wrapped since he's through. And now we have uh, Seattle Sounders and FC Dallas. First match, Sounders win pretty convincingly 2-0. Yesterday they played rigid. I watched a little bit of this match. Um, the Sounders actually started really good, but then Dallas woke up and they actually won this thing 3-1, <laughs> which means with the, with the aggregate, they tie. <laughs> So we are <laughs> yep. so we are going to a game three, Bridget. Yep. Which is a thing, apparently. I I mean, yeah, it's it's not real surprising, I guess, given how these two teams have played through the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, FC Dallas has a tendency to kind of hang back, and and maybe they don't go for it in the first game. Maybe they don't go for it in the first half of a game. Um, but then they come alive um yeah so cool to see them push that uh put a little bit of pressure on seattle for once yeah yeah very interesting and and i understand at this point at least for that particular series kind of why they decided to do it because it's like okay cool it is kind of neat they they get one more match but also just the time uh and i just i just think of player exhaustion you know what i mean like going through all this it's (laughs) just a lot it's a packed month and i mean yeah. the they still have semifinals to play and then conference finals to play before the mls cup which is in what like two and a half three weeks yeah so yeah it's a lot yeah i wonder how much Massive. foresight was put into so that oh, you, three, well three i think it's also pop. like it's also kind of a test of how you built your roster and that how you point. how you rebound from injury because I mean, they they knew this is how it was going to be. So I think we saw towards the end of the season some teams kind of kind of trailing off just a little bit to kind of save some legs for um, for these well the play in game, but then the the best of three. So um, is, is the next round like this too? Best of three? Or is it just this one? I think I think it's just one and done for semis and conference final. Sure, couldn't remember because again, it changes every year, but yeah, <laughs> or at least it feels like it does. And they're already talking about more changes for next year. It's like, Super. let's let's survive this thing and, and then we can talk about that. But, um, oh guys. yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, that's um, yeah, I was about to say that's the only one from the west that's been decided, but that's right. not decided. They need another game, so. And then uh, the other one today, so uh, you, we already mentioned uh, KC and, and St. Louis. That's a, in the afternoon. Then later on, uh, Vancouver will be hosting LAFC. They have a lot of work to do to kind of dig themselves out of that. LAFC can probably play a little more conservatively and score like a goal and wrap this thing up. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's interesting. It's it's wide open at this point. Uh, well, <laughs> clearly one seeds are are you know as vulnerable as everyone else which is which which makes it i think fun for neutrals like you and i and probably a lot of the listeners 
Yeah, and I think I think that's another thing with the best of three. It makes it a little more entertaining because you're not just talking about yeah, through the season we've talked about all the like weird calls or weird plays or just strange moments where you know one one little thing kind of decides the entire game um regardless of how everyone's playing so um makes it a little more entertaining because you know at some point you're going to get the best of each team most likely um and then just kind of see how they how they balance it out it's it's a war of attrition at this point but like <laughs> like it like it um anything else in in terms of mls or things locally and national here we can, we can take a little break and jump into internationals but i just want to see if you got anything else here um i mean we can we can highlight uh chris ramirez's columbus blanking atlanta <laughs> oh yeah in game one um they don't play their second game until tuesday seventh mm -hmm. but um cucho hernandez i saw all of i wasn't watching the game i saw all of his highlights all of them mm -hmm. <laughs> they, were, they were very good um so that looks like an entertaining one and i think game two i will probably find a way to watch that one because that's going to be fun um yeah like i don't know There's... Too, let's, let's let's do a quick nwsl wrap because they are oh in... yeah playoffs as well well let me i'll, I'll, I'll try that <laughs> remember again. when we were like there's not enough to talk about we don't need I notes know. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's every time um the rain played la remember that that happened and they beat them one nil so they are through and i think the big one was um gotham new york they uh they played north carolina if I'm not mistaken, you you can correct me if I'm blowing this once you have this stuff up. Um, and they won that match 2-0. And that was a big party because that was their first ever playoff win. Yeah. And uh, get them through. Did I do it right? Did you get there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was all from memory. That's pretty wild. Um, so congratulations to both those two teams. Uh, so I, I the narrative of, of Rapino playing her last match keeps getting like stressed <laughs> out that they keep winning, which is just kind of perfect. Like, of course, yeah, this is the way awesome. it was going to be written. I'm done. Nope. Got one more. Huh? Nope. nope <laughs> just kidding. Moving. Yep. So she, she's still moving. Um, so we're going into the semifinal, which is today. In fact, mm -hmm. you're going to have uh, Gotham FC at the Portland Thorns, and you're going to have uh, the San Diego Wave hosting the OL Reign. All those sound like really interesting matches. I'm not sure in terms of tell. Uh, I don't think these are on regular TV. The final I know will be, but this these I think are still going to be on streaming. Uh, yeah, CBS SN. All right, excellent. Let's take a break, and it's going to be a, a shorter episode. Uh, no Rodrigo, so we're shaving some time. <laughs> I love you, brother. <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll be back in a little bit with some internationals. Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be treating me because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways... 
back to the Minnesota Football Show. And welcome back to the Minnesota Football Show. We'll get into some uh, kind of insane international stuff here. Where, where would you like to start? Well, I have underlined here shit on FIFA. So ah, yep. Let's let's Works begin there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this just clown show of an organization just keeps showing their asses over and over and over again. Um, basically. I think I think the the through line of the narrative here is the 2030 cup was announced not that long ago splitting between because the centenario of the very first one held in Uruguay they're like oh let's do the South American thing and do that and then oh but Morocco would be cool too so let's go there and 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 why not Spain and Portugal too <laughs> which just sounds like I mean, the distance and the flights and the pollution and you go on and on about that. Because athletes love traveling thousands so, of miles between games. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Love it. Absolutely love it. But from a, a super corrupt, strategic, I don't know, super villain standpoint, like what Infantino and, and, and all these, again, these clowns uh, put together was, okay, so you're you're having three confederations co-host, right? Conmebol, UEFA, and the African Confederation. And then before that, 2026 is here in CONCACAF, North America. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the only confederations left are the Asian Confederation and Oceania. And so I'm, I'm, I'm speaking, I'm alluding to 2034 now already. Um, Australia pulls out, Saudi Arabia puts their bid in with who knows how many hundreds of billions of dollars of blood money. And, of, and of course they're in. So, yep. so they announced Bridget, the 2034 world cup going to Saudi Arabia, which, I mean, if, if you had feelings about Qatar, this, this is, <laughs> there's even more here. No different. No different. They've just been there longer. <laughs> yep, exactly. And 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 you can yeah. see what I say. You can see the way the sausage is made when you kind of go through that timeline that I just did. How how gross it is. Um, and we were talking about this before we, we came back here. The reason we're bringing this up, I think the main reason for both of us, is we're having this outlook now to where are we? Ten years in the future mm -hmm. at this point, almost. Yeah, ten yep. years. Yep. And we and FIFA still has not announced the next women's world cup for 2027 yeah yeah and they won't announce until uh quoting meg linehan from the athletic here uh we won't know when where that one happens until may 17th of 2024 so we're still six months out from knowing anything about 2027 but the men have 2034 unlock and uh i mean I'm not even surprised anymore. No. <laughs> not surprised, also, but still deeply frustrating. I, I think it's funny that they did this. Um, they announced this days after announcing that they are banning um, the Spanish uh, mm. president uh, right. for three or four years or something. Three but years. of course, yeah. Morocco 
Morocco picks up the coach, though. Sure did. So it, it, yeah, so all of it, <laughs> they're they're doing the bare minimum on a couple things, and then doing worse in other aspects. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So turnaround time for the women is one thousand one hundred twenty days. Uh, whereas Saudi Arabia has 10 years <laughs> uh, man yep so much more to be said but leave it there I, I, I mean if there is any kind of a silver lining like I know Brazil is pushing pretty hard and in that timeline like that's a place that could easily get it done because there's really just not a lot that has to happen like the infrastructure is all there it's more probably just right battling on on which cities are going to host and which stadiums are going to do yeah it. which cities and which rounds mm-hmm. um yeah the weird thing is everyone listed as Saudi being the sole bidder but how did they become the sole bidder for <laughs> so yeah. It, it's it's interesting but, to me too how quickly everybody forgot about the that first one that I mentioned the twenty thirty and and splitting uh-huh. between all the confederations just like guys it's right there <laughs> that's yeah yeah <laughs> like I I think I saw the twenty thirty four headline first and then I saw thirty and I was like wait hold on <laughs> this doesn't make sense I must have read this wrong no I did not um. <sighs> random note yeah we were watching the uh breeders cup yesterday horse racing it was Mm. on before the news um and there was nothing else on so we sat there and watched it uh a bunch of the horses are owned by saudi owners Mm. and based over there um so some of the background was kind of interesting i was like oh this this all sounds familiar yeah 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 all sports they've got they've got them all now yep Look up sports washing. It's a thing. Not questionable um, at all. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Let's let's jump to some some happier news, I suppose, or just interesting at the least, at the very least. Uh, hopping to Conmebol, uh, where I tend to live. We we had some the end to, to the big tournaments over there um, last week. There was the Copa Sudamericana in uh, uh, oh where is it uh, Punta. It was in Uruguay. Um, i trying to remember what city it was now. But anyway, they did. Uh, we had Fortaleza versus uh, LDU from Ecuador. Uh, really good match. Uh, very. I, I was actually surprised Fortaleza did as well as they did because I think you can go back and listen to my predictions. LDU were, I think, by far the best team in this entire tournament. Uh, I expected them to go deep. They obviously made it to the final. I kind of thought this was going to be a blowout and they would just, you know, put up three or four goals. They did not. So credit to Fortaleza for doing a pretty good job. The full time ends at one, one, which also goes into extra time and then takes this match to PKs for the drama and uh, through PKs, LADU does pull it off. So congratulations. I know we have a lot of uh, Ecuadorians and a really large Ecuadorian community here in the twin cities. So felicidades to Ecuadorianos um huge win uh again i usually don't get these predictions right bridget you know that as well as everybody else that listens to this podcast but this one i did and honestly the best team won and i'm happy i'm really happy for them um 
through this win, you know, uh, I think I've mentioned it more than once. They do qualify directly to Libertadores now for next year. And my goodness, it, it is extremely well-deserved. And I would be very surprised if they did not make it into the knockout. Honestly, I think they're going to go pretty deep. Uh, they're just a, they're just a fun team to watch, and they're very fast. <laughs> just a ridiculous attack. Um, so congratulations, Elidu. Good stuff. Um, there's a there's a Colombia Bowl money grab tournament, not unlike the ones in in UEFA or anywhere else, where they they call it's the Red Copa. You you get your Sudamericana winner versus Libertadores winner, which will be the next segue into Libertadores that wrapped up yesterday. This one was in Rio. And we can start by, uh, I'm sure you saw some of the footage of basically the Argentine invasion of Copacabana <laughs> and everywhere else in Rio. <laughs> I don't think there have been that many uh, uh, amigos argentinos in, in Rio de Janeiro at one point. I mean, <laughs> I was, I, I was kind of like joking, half joking. I'm like, is anybody left in La Boca? Because like everybody's in Rio. <laughs> They all just picked up and moved for the month. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, prop, props to that team in, in terms of their travel and their and their support because, my God, like, it's like hundreds of thousands of Argentines just like, nope, this is this is our city now. Um, that all being said, uh, the scoreline did not uh, favor them. Uh, so Fluminense and Boca played, as we've alluded to before, and – I honestly didn't know which way this one was going to go. It could have been the wind could have blown either way. Uh, and flu pulled it off two to one final really, really spectacular goals. They're currently up on the uh, Minnesota football show. IG. You want to see just some spectacular Dude, blasts that, from way outside the box. That winning goal is yeah. nuts. And yeah. I, I love that the on-field camera like can't even keep up with the ball. Yeah. Like, it it's off of his foot. Okay, now it is in the net. We missed yep. everything in between. Yep. It was red sick. cards was... on both sides. Yeah, that's okay. right. Oh, thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, there was a slap. I missed the slap. Uh, like a a headbutt. More. Yeah. I I haven't seen a slap yet, but I just I had just pulled up. Um, I keep getting alerts and Instagram for it, but. Mm -hmm. Um, which, yeah, which we expect. A... I mean, this is the Comebol. This is Libertadores. Right, right. Like, of course, there's going to be one. Nope. Yeah. Let's make it two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Valentini from Boca does right. like a Zidane headbutt. Um, and then there's some wrestling on the ground, but also just like full on, full on headbutt and then like football tackle. So, uh, yeah. And then the, the second red, I think, was for that winning goal. He went and celebrated in the oh, crowd. Right. <laughs> so that, it was like the last 30 seconds of the game. Yeah, so not a yeah. big deal, but. Worth it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, Fluminense gets gets to lift Libertadores, which is awesome. Uh, I, I mentioned the the hard or difficult history of, of not just Rio, but all of Brazil hosting international tournaments and it not going great for whether it's a, a Brazilian club team or the Brazilian national team <laughs> to, to pull off the win, uh, the tradition of, of failure there, but this time it worked. So yeah, glad it worked. Um, big win. And this, this team is really interesting too, Bridget, because there's a lot of big names that when you see them, you're like, that guy's still around. I figured that, <laughs> that guy probably retired like five years ago. Uh, Marcelo, um, 
you've got Felipe Melo, you've got Gansu, like all these guys that have had either either really big to mediocre European careers. And, and you know, in Marcelo's case, he's won Champions League. Uh, you know, they, they have credentials, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And probably could have stepped out with, you know, they, they could have retired with uh, without anything to prove and just been like, you know, we, yeah. I did a lot as much as I could, but no, they want to go back to Brazil. They want to end their careers in Brazil and then get back into it. Like, you know what? Another international tournament sounds like a good idea. Let's do this. So in their late thirties, early forties, here they are again. Uh, So congrats to them. And we'll see. Maybe, I don't know if this means definitive retirement for some of those guys or, or as tends to be the case, you know, (laughs) you get one. It's like, well, now we got to keep going. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, so yeah, so that Raikopa will then put uh, LDU against Fluminense. I think that happens in our winter, their summer at some point, uh, December, January. I can't remember, but that could be a really fun match depending on what teams actually show up. Um, LDU might really want to flex and be like, "This is what we're coming with for <laughs> Libertadores next year," so be ready. Um, yeah, could be an interesting one. And. I don't know. That's about all I got, really. I mean, I know there was a bunch of other stuff. I just like I'm just busy. That's <laughs> and some of it's just like random little things. We're like, yeah, we talked about that a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Messi won the Ballon d'Or. Oh yes, thank you. Just throwing that in there. Um, and the uh, uh, the Spanish woman whose name I always forget. Yes. Who we falsely reported won it like two months ago. That one. Uh, oh, yeah, we did do that, didn't we? We crushed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Two months, two months uh, in advance. Um, yeah, so if you, bon if you bon want, bon that's it. If you want more messy content, just open any social media platform and you will see his face everywhere. Um, his, actually, his, he sent a message to Holland. I think it was, I'm not sure if it was like in a comment or like out on social media, but um, saying it just, just as easily could have been his, but also like he has a lot of years ahead of him. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, I'm older years. than you. <laughs> and he's You're like, good, I, think, I think you'll get it. You'll get it next year. Like, relax. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> It just as easily could have been yours, but I am older, so I, I'll take it this time. Yeah. I'm trying to find the article, but I'm reading about this. Like Bon Mati, she set a new precedent too, where she, she won the Ballon d'Or, she won, I think, whatever the award is for best player in Spain. She yeah. won Champions League. She won World Cup. Like, like all these amazing awards in such a short time period. Like it's never happened before for a for a female player and then yeah regard. yeah pretty amazing i'm trying to, i'm trying to remember it's it's that point where you, you win so many awards like which ones were they she won pretty much everything <laughs> <laughs> didn't she just win oh that's a different one okay yeah yep she's gonna need a new uh a new shelf i think that's just a, a full trophy case at this point exactly exactly so congrats to those two and yeah I know some of our, our listeners commented about the, the messy situation, number eight. But I mean, you know, what are you going to do? It's the GOAT. There's, 
well, this just happened this week. I'll throw it out there. Um, supposedly, Luis Suarez has agreed in yeah. in uh, like a verbal commitment, uh, essentially, to join Inter Miami and yep. and rejoin Messi and Busquets. Um, he, he was very dedicated to that. I mean, we we were talking about this on a podcast. I feel like almost like probably not. Quite yeah, he year, was on like at least six he was on that ago. list. Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm one of the guys on that list the entire time yep 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 yeah it'll be i someone asked me about him the other day when that came out like everyone's talking about the the suarez guy i was like he's the one who got in trouble for biting somebody at a at a final <laughs> oh yeah that guy <laughs> <laughs> that's all you gotta say that's yep <laughs> i told someone else who like follows it Kind of loosely, like he knows the big names, but not, not much more. And I was like, "Hey, so that this is happening. He's joining Messi. You'll have more to watch next year. Also, if you don't know who this is, and I need to find, I need to find the video to send to him because he'll be like, "Hold on, what?" Um, but that's how everyone here knows him somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. What do you think with that addition? And and uh, Inter Miami starting from, you know, a what do I want to call it? Not like not neutral, but starting from the same position of every other team in a brand new season, and not having like all right. these new additions like come in at the end. You think that sets them up for more success? I would think so. I mean, it it always helps to have. We we've seen it here plenty of times. All these players who don't do all that well when they come in later and then once they get a preseason under their belt they're they're better robin lude um amaria even uh second time around um maybe it'll be the same for pookie as well uh so once you have all these guys together i think having that full uh full training time and full uh time to just get the get to know the other players and kind of where everything will fall into place, I think will help. Um, I mean, what are the, honestly, realistically, what are the chances that all of these guys end up starting in the same game? Right. Yeah. I mean, you'll have, you'll probably have at least one of them on the field at any one time, but um, it'll be, it'll be interesting for the rest of the squad. I know that some of them are a little bit nervous about having uh three of those guys and you bring in a fourth and uh we'll see how they i I think it's going to be a coaching challenge honestly how they how they man manage so uh yeah it's going to be an interesting preseason i think no doubt i was going to look up something really i do i do enjoy watching suarez i mean he played for liverpool at one time um good striker i mean he's there's a reason he's gone as far as he has um madrid city liverpool yeah gremio yep cool i was just gonna I, i was trying to remember this and i couldn't put it all together until now but uh the the striker for Fluminense was actually an Argentine, and I was like, man, I can't remember if he actually played for Boca or not. He did not. He played for Lanús, one of their rivals. So it's kind of wild that 
even though it's a Brazilian club, you've got an Argentine striker lining up against the entire Argentine <laughs> team in, awesome. in Rio. Awesome. <laughs> and kind of winning it for Rio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some fun narrative there. <laughs> um, that's about all I got, Bridget, unless you got anything else. No, I don't. All right. Well, in that case, uh, thank you. It's always wonderful to see you and catch up and do this little thing. Uh, listeners, thank you all as well. And if you want to support this thing, it is uh, patreon.com backslash MN football show. Uh, we're doing the every other thing. So off. I got to think how this is going to work. I think we got one more and then we'll be off. It should line up, I think, to be off over Thanksgiving, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. So we'll be back in two. Uh, take care. And until then, ciao, ciao. Yeah. Bye.